0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the No Limits Podcast with Gary and Mac, brought to you on the State Hornet Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Mac Irvin III, and joining me, as always, is my good friend, Gary Singh. Gary, how you doing today? What's up? What's happening? What's good with my main man, Mac? It's been a week, I'll tell you that much. Uh, A lot of disappointments to talk about, a lot of controversies to talk about, and I don't think the NFL really knows what they're doing. (laughs) I think you might be (laughs) right on that one. We'll dive into all that coming up here on this episode. We're going to talk about some trades in the NBA. We're going to talk about the latest developments in the NFL and whether or not they can complete the season in a semi-serious manner. But first, we're going to talk about the big boxing matchup that took place on pay-per-view last weekend. Of course, talking about the exhibition match between Iron Mike Tyson. And Roy Jones Jr. But uh, first, we should talk about the undercard that happened. It's trending for the wrong reasons. Uh, celebrity YouTuber Jake Paul took on ex NBA basketball player Nate Robinson in the ring. And it was a very, very ugly scene as Paul knocked out Robinson midway through the second round. Gary, did you watch the fight? And if you did, give me your feelings on this one, man, because. Um I'm emotional about this result right here. <laughs>
1: yes. So Mac, I did watch the fight. Obviously, I'm a basketball fan. I didn't hear about who Jake Paul was until this match really. And I asked my brother who watches a lot of YouTube and surprised my little cousin knew who he was knew who he was too. So asked him about him and he was a YouTuber. And I was going for Nate Robinson, man. But as soon as you see him come out, I was like, This I'm not a professional, you know boxing expert and things like that. You know, I'm a very really fan of boxing, but I'm not willing to call myself a big time expert on, on the X's and O's and all the technical things about boxing. But if it looks like to me you're coming out with wrong stance and your head's coming out forward and not and look like you're protecting yourself, it was just looking bad. And I didn't even think Jake Paul was all that great too. You know, like he was throwing wild punches, like especially the one on the back of his head. I'm like, that was a little bit funny. Like I was like, I ain't never seen a punch like that, like a sidearm punch behind the head. And, like, man, it just looked bad. I really wish, really wish Nate came out better, just looked better or something. Floyd posted him, like, Floyd, man, you didn't help him out? Come on, Mayweather. You didn't help him out something. Someone didn't train him. I don't know what happened here. And I just, like, I just didn't want to tarnish Nate's – hopefully no one keep tarnishing. I know all the jokes and stuff about him getting knocked out, laid out. I hope no one tarnishes his legacy too much. You know, everyone gets knocked out once in a while, but I guess I just didn't want to see him – that disrespected because of how great a basketball player he is, three time dunk champion, all athletic ability he has. But man, oh man, Nate, oh Nate.
0: So Nate Robinson posted on his Twitter account right before the fight, "I'm ready to come out and shock the world." I think he did oh. in the wrong way, <laughs> shocking the world by how, how unprepared he was. Now I've seen Jake Paul fight before in a celebrity boxing setting. For those for those who might be unfamiliar with the uh, logan paul ksi series of fights that took place on youtube over the last couple of years so i've seen jake paul fight before i never considered him to be a great fighter but you know he, he's a person he's been semi taking it seriously taking classes you know talking about how good he is in the ring and uh you know after this fight he was talking about i want to face conor mcgregor and uh mm. Uh, and I, I can tell you, I hope that happens, too, because I think is going to lay his ass out. But, uh, yes, I was going for Nate Robinson as well. I think a majority of the NBA world and, and uh, sports world in general and uh, especially Black Twitter in general was really pulling for Nate Robinson in this fight. And when he came out the way he did and get rocked the way he did. Uh, he really opened himself up to a lot of criticism and memes, which I grace, which I certainly enjoyed divulging in. So that provided a lot of quality entertainment for a Sunday and Saturday. <laughs> yeah,
1: watching all the NBA stars and NBA players, former players, now players, you know, present players. Talk about it. It was kind of funny. <laughs> I lie. It was funny, but I just didn't want to laugh too much Gosh, I like Nate Robinson. I just you know, felt bad for him at the same time. Because but, but still,
0: but you still, you're you're a former professional athlete, man. You're coming get knocked out by a YouTuber.
1: See, now you put it like that, Mac. It just sounds horrible. But now nah, we gotta give you gotta give Jake Paul credit. I mean, he looked like he did. He'd been putting his work in and his craft, and this is a note to all athletes, especially football box players you can't just switch to boxing especially boxing boxing is a whole different sport you're going to a fight you don't want to get hit you don't care if i'm a boxer i'm not i don't care about entertainment value yeah i want people to be excited watch my fight and stuff but i'm gonna be like floyd by the way i'm gonna run around until i don't get touched i'm gonna hit you when it gets time i'm gonna win the strategic battle i'm not trying to get hit i actually these hits hurt <laughs> it's not for fun it, these hits hurt so i was like i don't know i think people forget that like go well anyway while walking to that match just go all oh, ham hey, just throw flying punches Everyone throw punches flying punches don't cover your face you know it's like no these guys want to protect themselves they want to keep going after this
0: all right let's move quickly to talk about the tyson roy jones fight this was billed as an exhibition. They said no judges, no knockouts, and the fight was ruled a draw, but it seemed to lean one way, and that one way was for Iron Mike Tyson. Gary, did this fight entertain you more than you thought it would?
1: I mean, I was entertained because the strict fact of the matter is, I'm a historian of sports in general, and I was telling my little cousins who are like seven, eight, no, they're 10, excuse me, they're 10, and I was like, you need to sit here and watch this because you're going to be able to say one day, you witnessed a live Mike Tyson fight, you know? Like, that was taking pride in that. I'm not going to lie. I was really taking pride Like I'm watching Roy Jones Jr. Like, even though I might be 50 or whatever, I'm still watching. It's like it's like trying to say, like, oh, I'm watching Michael Jordan live. Like, man, you can't say that. We're born in 98, 99 when he was done basically playing, you know, during the time, especially his championship years, you know? So, like, having that, to be able to say that, I was just excited off that. And like you said, it was pretty clear Mike Tyson won. Roy Jones Jr. is a smart – he was a smart – boxer then he's a smart boxer now he's gonna keep it close like he was not trying to get big banged and mike tyson like i watched his both of the press conferences after i think he you could tell he wanted to step back and give him one of them big ones and really let it loose but also he tried to say i'm trying he tried to prove like things that were knocked knocks against him while he was actual real like during his prime about how he's just a main time trying to get big knockouts and he's not can't go the distance and stuff like that so i think he took a lot of pride in going distance trying to be like really sure that he still is a, had a complete boxing game now even then so i liked it to honest with you, i hope he does another one i mean something that looked better than some of the other fighters <laughs> to,
0: to tell you the truth yeah it was a lot better than i thought it was going to be because when i first heard about it earlier this year i was like this is just a shameless cash grab right Like they're not really going to take this fight seriously mm-hmm. but you know they surprised me and mike tyson looks like he looks better than some of these young fighters i'll be honest with his speed and you know where he was able to land blows on roy jones uh i know he's probably not thinking about a comeback full time but he, he might be able to win some I fights think he if is. he does come back uh so that was really entertaining to see and again you mentioned the historical aspect of it you know my dad was huge uh roy jones junior fan so we watched a lot of you know like highlights of his past fights you know when he was in his prime but i never got to watch him fight live or if I did, I don't remember it. So it was cool to be able to witness something like that. All right, let's switch gears now and talk about the NFL. And boy, have they had scheduling and COVID issues running rampant throughout the league. Let's let's talk about the Denver Broncos first because I think they got the real short end of the stick from the league. All four of their quarterbacks were declared ineligible for the game because one of them tested positive. And the other three just happened to be around them, which meant through contact tracing and proximity, they were all ruled out for the game. So they had to start a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. He's he's barely played quarterback since his time at Wake Forest in college. His name was Kendall Hinton. And he went out and it was a terrible sight. He completed one pass (laughs) during the game, and the Broncos got absolutely obliterated by the Saints. Gary, what do you think about – the NFL's COVID policy and did the Broncos get shafted in this, in this scenario?
1: <laughs> shafted, You're funny, Mac, <laughs> um, <laughs> man, this whole thing's a shit show. We've been saying that it's going to turn into that sometime. And man, my main game, like Steelers and uh, Ravens, I've been waiting for all week. Waiting Thanksgiving day, sad, super sad. That didn't happen that day. All right. Sunday comes super sad. All right. Now we're getting a little weird. All right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, keep pushing all the way back. I was thinking they're going to push this thing back all the way till next year, the way it was feeling like. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I mean, they doing, they're just, the NFL is doing what they were going to think they had planned all day. We're going to keep scrapping to the end, y'all. We're going to get these 16 games in. We're going to get this Super Bowl in. We don't care how, which way, or something. It's going to get in and it's going to happen. Simple as that. And the way it's happening right now, I don't look like it's. Look, as like you said, it's looking ugly, especially with teams playing with non-quarterback situations. Like that's kind of hard to see. Cause I know if my quarterback was out, Big Ben on some Corona stuff, I'd have been mad, mad too. But like I think the league is doing, if you follow the protocols, we'll move your game for you, kind of thing. And if you didn't, you're gonna get backstabbed, and this can be sucks for you. Simple as that. So I don't know what they can really do, Mac. Like if they can go to a baby a bubble in the playoffs, but I don't think the NFL wants to do that so it's like they got to keep going with the flow keep trying to reschedule i just hope my team doesn't lose like we already had our thing scheduled rescheduled twice now so it's like how many bumps in a row are they trying to give us <laughs> so that's <laughs> like i i know that's what i'm feeling like how many bumps i hope we don't lose our bye week or something over this so like there's like something that a bye week or our you know our first week we get off because we're in the number one seed so it's like Something like something got to happen. I don't know what they're going to do, but they got to get it done. I think that's the mentality, Mac.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny for as much uh, trash as baseball got for the way their season, you know, rolled off. They had a bunch of COVID outbreaks towards the start of their season. And, you know, I was one of the people that was criticizing Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred for not having a solid plan in place. But I mean, this takes the cakes in terms of a clown show. You got people testing positive right before games and you've got teams going out there without a certain position without the most important position uh, arguably on the team You're going out with a practice squad wide receiver as your quarterback in the nfl I for mean, a real game right Ooh. And uh, you know i hope everybody in denver you know takes it easy on kendall hinton because i mean there was absolutely no winning for him in that scenario i don't think even the greatest quarterback coming off of uh 20 minutes of practice <laughs> Wouldn't be, wouldn't do much better than what he did. And uh, hopefully that also ends a lot of the conversation for those people on Twitter. Like, Oh, I could play quarterback. Like this dude's a pro athlete, right? In peak physical condition. he went out and completed one pass as, as bizarre. And it's so strange to see how it's affected certain teams and not others. Like uh, you see the Ravens, the Raiders, the Titans and the Broncos, they've all had, you know, pretty big outbreaks of COVID, but you see other teams like I I don't believe I've seen one report of any cases coming out of the Seattle Seahawks. Like, we've been extraordinarily lucky, you know, to not have any kind of big outbreaks or big cases going on there.
1: It's kind of hard to tell. of people getting it because there's jurisdiction, to where you live at, where state you're in and stuff like that? Is it because people are being reckless? You know, like, but even now, like, there's people I've seen who, like, get coronavirus and not acting reckless, you know, like... Sometimes really just the luck of the draw, and it's probably some of these teams are really getting real unlucky. And the NFL better just pray that their playoffs go smooth, because there's going to be a lot of asterisks going around then too, if uh, if some players, main players, get hurt in playoff games coming up here around the corner.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a real interesting way to see how the season ends, you know. Um, but I think they're full steam ahead now. I think their main concern is the dollars and they got to play all the games to get all the dollars. So I think that's what's ultimately the driving factor here. Now, Gary, you wanted to introduce a new segment to the podcast and to the people. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what that segment is.
1: Yes, Mac Irvin, the third, we have a new segment here on no limits called take it now and take it now is based on the best three bets you would take in this nfl week season so if you like we're picking three games at this whole week week 13 of what spreads we would like and what spreads we would take so not just picking what teams we think are going to win we're going to take the top three best actually if we were actually betting on these games i don't know mac might be betting who knows <laughs> but if i was actually <laughs> betting what three games you would take and why so let's start this off mac what's your top three teams you would take and let them know the spread and why are you going to take them
0: all right so for my three games let's go to the detroit lions against the chicago bears the bears are the favorites by three points and i got the lions to cover that because if you've seen the bears offense they've been nothing but lethargic and slow these past couple games and i think for the lions it'll really depend on if they get deandre swift back you know their rookie running back because he's been a focal point of their running game and you know despite adrian peterson's ability to smash the ball in from the one yard line i think they need swift there to give them that real fired up backfield and with this being a divisional matchup i think it's going to be really close so i would take the lions to cover the spread there i'm also going to go for another divisional spread cover and that's the arizona cardinals they're taking on the los angeles rams the rams are favored by three points i'm picking the cardinals to cover that spread because I think divisional matchups are always going to be so close. You look at the Cardinals offense, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Kenyon Drake, they've gotten some nice pieces there. And I think they're going to easily be able to compete with the Rams, especially if Jared Goff keeps making the mistakes that he's been making uh, throughout his career and especially through these last couple seasons. And uh, another one that might be a little surprising to people, but the Giants and the Seahawks are playing (laughs) and the Seahawks are 10.5 favorites against the hapless new york giants the current leaders of the nfc east mind you and um the seahawks recently played the philadelphia eagles somebody put a half a million dollars for the seahawks to cover the spread of six and a half points against the eagles they lost with about 20 seconds left as the eagles got a two-point conversion to lose by six points that dude lost a half a million dollars and i would have warned him to never ever pick the seahawks on the spread so i'm gonna go for the giants to cover this spread Hmm. 10 points that's a big gap especially for a team that has been known to kind of let lead slip late on as i don't know if they're taking their focus if they're losing focus throughout the game if they're taking their foot off the gas but i think against the giants who are especially fueled by being divisional leaders uh i think 10 points is going to be a good bet for them to cover that
1: Okay, Mac, that was some good bets. Okay, I would have took some of those too. I just don't. It's hard for me to take double digit spreads. It just, I just feel ah, it's kind of like it's really tough for me. I'm Like, ooh, that just sounds too big. Like, a little field goal at the end might cut it from fourteen to eleven. I'm like, ah, man, you know. So, but okay, the first bet I would take is gonna be the Raiders and the Jets. The Raiders are favored by nine, and I'm, the reason I'm gonna take this is because the Raiders just got. A big time spanking last week against Atlanta when they lost that game forty three to six. So they're gonna have to. I think they're gonna come with a bounce back, some revenge game, and they're gonna beat down the Jets, who obviously have not won a game this year, who are now zero and eleven, and probably gonna move to zero and twelve after this game. The next bet I would take would be the Cardinals, and the reason I don't like, like you said, that's kind of hard for me to pick even divisional games because divisional games are obviously up in the air. But Cardinals versus Rams. They got the Rams favored by three. But I'm going to take an upset in this. I'm going to take the underdog. I'm going to take the Cardinals winning. Obviously, they don't need to cover the spread because they're underdogs. But I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win more than plus three too. And the reason I say that is because the Cardinals are under fire. They're 6-5. and five. If they don't get this done right here, their wild card chances are going to be going down the drain here. So this is a big-time win they need. And I think Kyle Murray is going to be able to deliver that win for them. So I'm going, I'm going to bet on Kyle Murray this week and pick the Cardinals to win that. So that would be my second bet I would take if I'm putting some moolah on it. And the third bet game I would take right now is the Packers-Eagles. We all just seen the Eagles just get a butt-whooping on Monday Night Football. And – the Packers have been playing good lately, and uh, the Eagles don't really have the Packers really lose the teams that are really rough and tough and stuff like that because they're kind of a finesse type team. And I don't want to come soft, but they are kind of soft sometimes. So, but the Packers eight and three to the Eagles three and seven, very favored by eight. That's a little that's not high. I was gonna say that's high, but not that high. But so I'm gonna take the Packers, putting them getting a the W. Aaron Rodgers is gonna cover that spread for me, eight point five and. Eagles just haven't been looking right, especially with Carson Wentz talk and who they play and stuff like that. That place is – someone's going to get fired at the end of the season. We all know that. It feels like that's coming down the pipe, and we're going to have to see who. So those are the top three games I would bet on, and thank you guys for listening to Take That. Take that bet now. Take it now. I'm gonna mess up my own name. Take it now <laughs> to the Take it now.
0: <laughs> Take it now. And we'll, see, we'll we'll reconvene next week to see how wrong we were. Yeah. I know I was I know I was super wrong when it came to that Dallas Cowboys uh Thanksgiving Day pick. And um, all I can do is apologize for how for my misplaced belief in Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's move on to our final topic of the day, which is more transactions in the nba and this is probably the big a big the biggest one we've had so far the houston rockets trading russell westbrook away to the washington wizards for john wall a pretty fair contract exchange i think there's a difference in contracts of a couple hundred thousand dollars if i'm not mistaken so uh the rockets also get a protected first round pick back from washington which uh, has a series of uh, protections that could eventually devolve into two second rounders. Gary, tell me what you think of this trade. Is Westbrook going to be a good fit for Washington? Is Wall going to work out and return to form in Houston? So, this I'm going to put this trade into a frame real quick. So, the the trade before
1: John Wall and Russell Westbrook is basically I think we talked about before in this pod is going to be like a, basically a simplest exchange, basically with contracts. Obviously, thought picking that because Westbrook's slightly more. Worth more obviously right now due to him just playing being MVP and his health considered obviously to John Law. So obviously both these players basically were asking out of the situation we're hearing reports. And really I think these trades a non-factor in the short term and it's just going to really make these teams slightly better, slightly better. Now for the Rockets, it's going to help them I guess in terms of they're going to get a player who actually wants to be there. They're going to get a player that obviously could bring a different dynamic to the situation for West, uh, for james harden we all know the, those players are kind of similar westbrook and john wall but i've been hearing a lot of reports that john wall for his long injury the last two years he's really been off He's really been focusing on his shot, his three-point range. So if he can add that to his game, uh, help out James Harden, I could see that as a positive impact. Also, I don't know if no one mentioned yet, DeMarcus Cousins is on that team too. So bringing back those two players who used to play in college together will be a good dynamic. And both of those players are coming off some injuries. So if somehow, some way, they can finally get the season right where they both stay healthy, they could be a recipe for some success. Now I'm not saying not too much, but slightly with Washington – I think this is just also helping some helping, helping Bradley Beal out to get someone who wants to be their box office guy. And I don't know how it's going to help out too much in terms of the ball situation, but I think it's going to help out Bradley Beal a little bit. So that's what I'm saying. It's going to help out both teams a little bit. Long run, this ain't helping out nothing. Ain't nothing. Because at the end of the day, Washington, only want to do is because they already seen the experiment with Beal and Wall many times before when both players are healthy. So they kind of want to do things over again, obviously bring Westbrook in. So that's not going to really help their situation, and Beal still might leave. So I don't know how helpful is this situation to them. And I do think they're going to make the playoffs because I've seen a lot of things in that until I think they're going to make the playoffs. Other side things, this ain't helping the long term. This ain't helping nothing for the Rockets. Ain't nothing because we all know James Harden's looking for a ring. And this ain't helping you get to a ring. This is not where this is not helping you guys. This is I don't I mean, I one good thing is I guess you got a superstar. You didn't get a dollar, you know, trade a dollar and get four quarters back. At least you got I guess 75 cents back, I guess you wanna say. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You got you didn't you got somewhat of a you got a superstar for a superstar back, that's what I'm trying to say. So that's good. But for the long term, it's not gonna do nothing. And I know that uh, people are already talking about James Harden might wanna go, but uh, other than going to the Nets. I really don't see anything he can really go to right now. I mean, 76 sixers they kind of want to run it what they got right now, which makes sense. I think they can make it work. So it's going to be really interesting to see Mac. And I don't know. I just don't think it's really going to help no one in the long run.
0: I think you're right. I think this is definitely more of a short-term deal. And – um I do think this was probably the best trade that Houston was going to get for Westbrook. Exactly. Because, I mean, when when you look at that contract, right, the not many teams not many. – first of all, not many teams had the cap space to absorb Westbrook on that kind of contract. And, uh, you know, if you're exchanging them for somebody who's got roughly the same amount of salary, that makes it a whole lot easier. So I think this was probably the best trade that they could make. Um, the real determination on what this trade has for Houston – is whether or not they manage to hold on to James Harden for one more season. Because you and I were both talking about them running it back, right? And uh, if he leaves, then this team becomes so much less powerful than it was if he's not there. I am interested to see the dynamics between uh, Wong and Cousins reunited in the NBA. For Washington... I don't really know about this one either. You know, it's it's Westbrook is such a confusing player to me because he can be like a great, great asset for your team. But, he can, but at the same time, it can also be a detriment just by how much he needs the ball. And I don't, I don't know how he's going to feed off of somebody like Beal. So I'm interested to see that dynamic. I do think both teams will make the playoffs if the rosters are still as they are. I think uh, nobody's really coming up in the East aside from Atlanta. Uh, so I think Washington will be able to get into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think this, the success and viability of this trade will be determined by future moves, Mm -hmm. not what happens in the short term.
1: Quick question, Mac. I got to put you on the spot. Would you, if you're, if you're a Rockets GM, do you trade James Harden?
0: (sighs) Ah, it's such a difficult question because if you, that depends, um, I don't know. I don't think that I really don't think they can acquire the necessary pieces to make a championship run with Harden's contract the way it is. And of course, now having John Wall, right? I mean, you need the financial flexibility to have some younger pieces and some older veterans who are willing to come play for less money. And you know, just their style of play. I know they have they have a new coach now and a new GM. But if we're talking about the old style of play, it's just, I just don't see it working. So it would depend on what I could get back for them. If they could get the entire Nets roster, bar KD, uh, Kyrie, and uh, Jared Allen, you know, maybe, and some draft assets, that's probably the best, uh, you know, package they're going to get in terms of just number of players and quality and ability for future flexibility. Um, I think they're really dooming themselves when they gave up all those assets for Westbrook and now they have to try to get him back somewhere else that isn't from oklahoma city
1: see if i'm
0: the Rockets gm i'm saying james
1: harden i am sorry that we haven't got you a championship yet but i cannot get nothing in return that is comparable to who you are so in that situation just like back in a couple years ago when Kyrie was asked out of cleveland stuff like that. I would say uh, no. You're sitting right here. We're going to make the playoffs. You're a superstar. like think about it. If the Kings had a player like James Harden. Oh my god, we haven't been waiting for a player like that for 20, 30 years if it was like. If we got him one time, are we going to let him go? Oh, no, 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 no. Unless we're going to get something sane. But the question
0: but the question is when is his, you know, market and uh yeah. you know, value mm-hmm. going to be at the highest? Is it the highest if you trade him right now? Or if you play one season, get knocked out in the first round, and then try to trade him the next season. Well, technically, the the it's gonna be the highest right
1: now because just for the pure fact that he is uh he has time to- he has time on his contract. But I don't know. It's hard for me. I mean, Houston's a good place. They've been trying. It's not like they haven't been trying for him. has been they've been switching up the team every year for him. Every year they're switching up the team for him. So it's like, I it's like James. Who can you bring here, James? Come on. Like you got Houston. People want to live in Houston. Houston's a lovely city to live in. People love Houston. So it's like, what's happening? I mean, they kind of got rid of their, I mean, Dale Morey kind of screwed him in the back end, like gave all the assets away and a lot of stuff. Then he bounced out to 76erville. But it's like, I don't know, man. It's just me. I, just, I was like, you got a contract. You stay. I don't care. You box office, whatever. We ain't, you, you a hall of famer. You got, we got, what are we going to do? Like, I don't understand that, man. That's the only thing. But I I get it. If he's if begging, begging, you know, superstars in this league have a lot of power. So, if you know, if they're begging and they're making it hard and they're telling teammates, I don't want to be here, dude. Then, you know, like then it's kind of like, all right. Then yeah. we got to trade. You know, that's why the NFL difference, is the NBA. NBA has a lot of control in terms of the players rather than the NFL.
0: And that's going to do it for this week's edition of No Limits with Gary and Mac. If you like this episode and you like this podcast, be sure to check out the other podcasts on the State Hornet Podcast Network. And we'll be sure to see you next week for the next episode of No Limits.
1: Peace.